morning. Mm, nice and hot. On the air. Ooh. Hey, Nate. Good morning. like Facebook has added some features to the it says I could bring somebody on camera if I wanted to I'm like really I'm like okay that's a nice that's a nice feature uh, good morning it's 930 uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship Church welcome to Sunday School thanks for being here this morning um, we are in the process of letting people jump on with us. So in the meantime, I'm going to play a selection uh, while people get on from the Reverend James Cleveland. Lord, help me to hold out. So I'll be playing this while people jump on and we'll get started.
Okay, Reverend James Cleveland, Lord help me to hold out. That's an old, oldie but goodie, oldie but goodie classic. And uh, that song is very appropriate for today. Um, I can't stress enough how important it is for us to really focus on God's teachings, <clears throat> God's word, what he has to say to us, um, the information that we're getting from his word, and really try to stay off of what the world is saying right now. The world is just nothing but a ball of confusion. Remember that song from back in the day in the 60s, The Temptations, it's a song called Ball of Confusion. If you were to go back and listen to that song today today with the lyrics from then, there's not a whole lot different from today from what we're experiencing, from back then from what we're experiencing today. So uh, I can't stress enough the importance of making sure that you are tuning out those things that will bring you down or away from the Lord and tuning in and turning it up high, frankly, songs like what the Reverend James Cleveland just gave us and focusing on what the Lord would have us to do. We are in the times where we need to be prepared for any situation to be able to discuss the Lord Jesus Christ with people who are clearly uncertain about what's going on. A couple of uh, points of uh, reference uh, before we get started today. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that we are uh, going to be meeting at the back of the church today. We are The grass is a little bit too wet. You're welcome to still bring your lawn chairs and stay outside, practice the social distancing, wear masks if you want to. Uh, we are going to be meeting in the back. Uh, that's one change from being on the front lawn. The grass is a little bit too wet, and it's been raining a lot uh, off and on, so I just make making sure you're aware of that. Uh, good morning, Crystal. Thanks for joining us from Arizona, or wherever you are. Um, <laughs> you could be anywhere. Um, and um, also just making sure that you remember, too, for those who want to give their offerings, to please uh, make sure that you're doing so at the uh, side entrance of the church if you're going to Akron, uh, Akron Alliance this morning for the morning service, uh, to remember your offerings, and they are to be put uh, inside the drop. There's like a box, a drop box. Uh, on the uh, side of the church at the front entrance area when you go in. Uh, on a table, yeah, it's on a table. They're, they're propped up. So be aware of that. And I'll give you the address later if you want to mail it. Uh, if you want to mail your offering, you can certainly do that as well, too. So with that in mind, we've got a little bit of material to get through here. And uh, I'm just very thankful to be here this morning with you all. And I prayed and praise the Lord. Oh, Crystal, you're in Akron? Well, pardon me. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I just said wherever you are. So uh, she's here. Amen. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to get together for Sunday school. We thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. We thank you for the ability to do so with the technology we have to get together online as a group. I thank you for those who are able to, and I pray for those who would like to, 
and still aren't able to, that we can work something out with uh, those individuals where we can have you get on, have them get on with us uh, to do these things because we plan to do this uh, for the foreseeable future to, to be able to broadcast online for Sunday school at the very least. And we thank you for the opportunity to get together and hear what your word has to say to us. We thank you for your loving presence and we thank you for how you brought us through a very, very interesting time in our lives right now. We thank you, Lord, and we ask that you just bless us and keep us, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 11. That's where we're going to be covering today. And it's an interesting passage because um, there is uh, the theme of this particular passage is to talk about joy, the joy there is in believing the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, because there is a joy in believing. And we want to make sure that we're understanding that he indeed is the one who we should have our joy in because we recognize him. But we also want to recognize, too, that God has brought us places where he has elevated us in certain situations and he's given us certain things and certain abilities. But we recognize that without him, all those things are meaningless. So we're going to look at the passage and go back over it and we'll explain what I mean by that. Um, and I'm just thankful again to be here. We're going to go ahead and start with verse 1 in, first in Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11 together. Let's start with verse 1. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Verse 3. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law, a Pharisee, Regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Verse 7. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Okay. Uh, that was from the Christian Standard uh, Bible, by the way, and we'll go back over and depending upon what version you have, you're going to have uh, different interpretations, especially when you get down uh, by the verse, uh, verse number 8. So we'll look at that a little bit more closely when we get there again. So let's go back uh, up to the top and start with verse 1 about rejoicing in the Lord. Um, and it says here about writing to you again, this is no trouble for me, and it's a safeguard for you. And the reason why he's mentioning it He's talking specifically about getting back to basics. 
it's very important for us to always be reminded of what's most important in our walk with Jesus. We get back to the basics by focusing on the Word, focusing on those things that are most important. And we need to be reminded of God's goodness. We need to be reminded of God's goodness in the, say, in the midst of a pandemic. We need to be reminded of God's goodness in the midst of even financial hardship. Some, some of us some of us have lost their jobs in the midst of this time, um, and they are either looking for work or uh, trying to get back to work. I was very gratified to see. We actually went to First Watch yesterday for, for lunch, uh, brunch, and we saw some people there that we hadn't seen. The restaurant had been closed. The people had been furloughed. And we actually saw some familiar faces when we got back there, which was really a great thing to see. That really made my morning to see that people were back at work. And, but not everyone has that luxury to be able to say that they've done that. But it's a great thing to be able to say that you are looking out for the Lord. The looking, Lord's looking out for you. He's going to take care of you. He is going to do what's necessary to make sure that you're taken care of. And I'm prayerful that no one goes hungry. No one has to struggle through the situation. And we remember where our focus is on the Lord himself. And he is the one who is going to take care of us ultimately. We need to be safeguarded by going back to basics, both morally and theologically. We need to have truth in the word. When we look at it, it makes us aware of things that we should be doing. It makes corrections with us. It helps us with our attitudes. It helps us with our actions. It helps us to remain focused on what's most important. So that verse 1 was essentially the safeguard issue that uh, Paul is speaking to about the, the Philippians. Getting back to basics, staying with what's important. Okay, so we go now to verse 2 and verse 3 about watching out for the dogs, watching out for the evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. And what we need to understand is that there are people out there, there are things out there that are not going to be for your own good. There are things out there, we have to remember, I, I kept circling back to a passage about putting on the full armor of God. Putting on the full armor of God was something, um, uh, Ephesians 6, 11. Um, and it's something that is very important for us to understand. When we are in a battle, we need to be prepared. And we need to be able to ready to suit up and have that armor on. Because not everyone that you come in contact with has your best interest at heart. There are people who will do things that, you know, they, you've, you've heard the, the old song, Smiling Faces Sometimes. Someone will smile in your face and pat you on the back, and they would do whatever they could to, to ruin you when you're not looking. Um, and so those are things that we should be aware of. It's just a matter of um, uh, just being prepared for that. I'm not saying you have to look around every single corner, but we need to understand that it's very important for us to look at making sure that we're prepared and having that full armor on. So with that in mind, it says here in verse 3, For we are the circumcision... The ones who worship by the Spirit of God boast in Christ Jesus and do not put confidence in the flesh. And what we need to understand is that confidence in the flesh is something that we need to look at a little bit more closely here. We need to make sure that we're looking at not in so much our feelings or what's happening, but with our heart. Where is our heart when it comes to our worship? Where are we when it comes to how we look to the Lord from a spiritual sense? Are we looking at it strictly for just doing things to stay busy because we think the Lord's going to approve of us? 
which is a fleshly response, by the way, or are we looking at the matter of the heart? Are we looking at those things? And understand that you might be very, very busy in the Lord, but if the Lord is not appointing you to be busy in the way that you are, do you really expect him to necessarily say it's okay to do those things? Um, you know, God is going to notice what you're doing, but ultimately it's more important for you to be in his will and be in accordance to his heart. We have a lot of Christians out there who are very busy, but when it comes to checking themselves and making sure that their heart is right, um, that's another story altogether. And I can very safely say that because we're in the flesh. We are going to do fleshly things, and we're going to behave in such a way where we need to understand that flesh is less important. And I'll get to that a little bit more as we go further down the passage. But we need to make sure that we're not just doing stuff for the sake of doing it for the Lord. We're doing it with the right heart. This is a teaching that needs to be taught over and over again. Because when we get amongst a group of people sometimes, we think that, oh, so-and-so is doing something. I need to do something too. Well, it's not a competition. It's not a competition for you to do more than someone else. We should behave in such a way where we're doing something because we genuinely do want to serve the Lord. But these are things that we need to focus on when we do these things. We need to do it, but understand that we have the joy in him because we are looking at salvation. Salvation is the key. Uh, that's the most important thing to be paying attention to here. We're looking at salvation. We're looking at the love of Christ. Now, let's drop down real quick here to verse 4. And you have to tread carefully here because this is something that if it's taken the wrong way, you'll just get totally confused when you look at the passage because Paul is going to be mentioning about although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. Now, and it says, if anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Now, what exactly is he talking about? He is going to be talking about what he's done. So let's read further on here. Verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Now what he's saying is that he is not, when he's saying he has confidence in the flesh, he is not boasting about what he's done. He is giving his qualifications for speaking. Um, uh, Paul was a very highly educated man. He was born a Jew, and he's pointing that out. He was uh, basically circumcised um, according to the rituals. Uh, he was given the law. He became a Pharisee. He was very zealous for the Lord, um, very zealous as far as persecuting the church, excuse me, and then he became zealous for the Lord. But what he's doing is he's showing the, the road that he took and the path that he took to get to the place where he is today, to where he is now, where he is in prison, uh, writing to the church uh, people. But we need to understand that he is not bragging about who he was and where he was coming from he was trying to explain to people that the human achievements no matter how impressive they are no matter what we have done or what we've achieved in life whether we become ceos or executives or managers or whatever it is or people who are well read or, or who have a lot of knowledge it doesn't mean a doggone thing if you don't if you compare it to what jesus christ has done for us in other words, the most important thing about all that we've done, first of all, God has allowed us to achieve what we achieve, 
But ultimately, it's your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what is what is most important. And what he is emphasizing here in this passage is that, yes, he has qualifications. And according to the flesh, many people have qualifications. But those qualifications, right, as you get right down to it, uh, it don't doesn't mean anything compared to his conversion. It had nothing to do with what he did. It had everything to do with God's grace. And you read about that in Acts chapter 9 when you look at what God did for him. I mean, God knew exactly who Paul was and where he was coming from, just like he knows exactly who we are and where we're coming from. It was on God's grace that we have salvation. It is a gift that he gave to us, and there was nothing that we did to deserve it or acquire it other than just have faith in him. So what we need to understand here in this section is that he is reading about qualifications and speaking on the fact that, yes, he was given certain authorities, he was given certain things that he could do, but even all of that was meaningless when it came down to God's own standards. His credentials didn't mean anything. So we need to understand that that's a very, very important part of this passage. We need to understand that while we have our flesh, we have the things that we can do, the things that we have done, the things that we think that we've done that are impressive as far as serving the Lord, ultimately it comes down to the fact that those things are meaningless in the face of God's goodness, his holiness, his standards, everything that we've done. If it weren't for his grace, we wouldn't have anything. And that's an amen and an amen. We wouldn't have anything. We don't have anything to look forward to other than the fact that Jesus Christ is the one who saved us and kept us. And he elaborates on this a lot more when we get down to uh, verse 8 in Philippians 3. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So the reason I mentioned earlier about the, the, the Christian Standard Bible version, they use the word dung. Well, there's no interpretation of dung of anything other than what it is. Uh, human waste or any kind of waste. And some versions of the Bible use uh, something that's waste Rubbish. rubbish, that's it. Rubbish, filth, um, all of those things are in the same category. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the Christian Center Bible was using a version that went back to the original meaning uh, in Greek of the word, and they pretty much just put it down there. And that is actually the version, the verse, uh, dung is used in the King James Version as well, too. So when we talk about the loss of all things, and they're considered as you know what, compared to what? The love of Jesus Christ. Everything that we've accomplished, everything we've done, oh my goodness, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, this is the comparative to the filthy rags uh, uh, verse that's mentioned as well, too. The works that we've done are nothing but filthy rags, and we know what filthy rags are, and they are basically things that are just going to be uh, gathered and thrown away because there's no value to them. So it really comes down to the fact that God enables us in different ways to do the things that we do. He certainly has done that. He has given us positions of authority. And when I say authority, too, I shouldn't uh, just use CEO. I mean authority as far as the ability to speak to people about Jesus Christ, being put in a certain place in a certain time 
to be able to talk about what God has done for you to give you what you have. And that's something that we need to understand. We are blessed to be able to do what we are doing. And it's because of God's goodness. It's because of his mercy. It's because of his grace. And this is what Paul is communicating here too. He is also communicating the importance of uh, he doesn't have his own righteousness, even though he has all these things that he's been able to do. Um, and right now he's in prison, so there's not much to say other than the fact that he is still gracious. He still great, you know, recognizes God's grace for even keeping him alive to be able to minister to other people in prison. So those are all things that are very important. Let's take a look at a passage here just to kind of uh, emphasize what's being said here. Please go to Ephesians 4.13. Ephesians 4.13. And while I'm mentioning that, make sure you take your allergy meds today if you're going outside just to be prepared for what's waiting out there. Um, Beautiful day, but you know what that means. There's still pollen out there. Ephesians 4.13. It says, Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood... To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there is a something that needs to be attained. We are doing work. We're doing work in the kingdom. Verse 12 applies, implies that. Equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. We are still striving and working to attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. The key word in that passage is maturity. We're still maturing in our faith. We are maturing as believers. At first, when we came, became believers, we needed to understand that it wasn't how much that we did for the Lord. It's more about where our heart was in worship. It was important to do things, but there is a maturity factor that takes place from when we, become, we were new believers to being believers that have been believers for many, many years. We are still to mature. And what keeps us from maturing? Frankly, it's the focus on the flesh. The flesh is what keeps us from maturing. We aren't maturing as much as we should be because we are looking at those things that we think we should be doing for the Lord. We think we should be participating in. But the first thing we should be doing is that, Lord, what, where do you see me right now in my relationship with you? Lord, where am I with my heart? One of the really important um, ventures that I'm going to be involved in with my own job is to talk about specifically issues regarding race relations. And, of course, the whole thing has been uh, blown up and elevated now for for good cause where we're getting people to think about uh, their treatment of other people and how how that is to be handled. And one of the points I'm going to be making here is going to be a very important point, and it is a biblical point, but I'm going to be making it at work as well, too. The first thing we need to be doing before we have conversations with anybody about anything is making sure that we are coming from a place where we know that we are being humble before our Lord Jesus Christ. Humility. Um, it's part of, a, a, I've got a, a, an acronym called the HELPERS that I'm, I'm working with. Uh, that I've I've come up with, but but ultimately it comes down with that H being the first thing as being a humble person in the Lord Jesus Christ, as you have conversations with people. This is the same premise. 
if you're going to be bringing somebody something to the attention to someone in the church and you're making sure that you have sin put behind you in your life before you speak to anybody else. Now, I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there who are very, very quick to point fingers and make judgments about folks, and they haven't done anything about where they are personally. And I, per, you know, just knowing God's word, there's no way in the world that I would want to qualify myself as being an authority on anything if I haven't humbled myself before the Lord and looked at what was most important. So humble yourself before the Lord and you'll be exalted. You've heard that before. And that's exactly what we need to be doing, even in our conversations with other people and teaching about the proper way to have relationships with people. There's a lot of, this is the reason why I really put a lot of emphasis on making sure that we are prepared to speak to people. We are going to be called to speak to people and people are going to ask questions and we need to be ready to speak. But we need to be ready to speak not on our own authority, but on God's authority. Because ultimately, our authority is meaningless when it comes to what God would have us to do at a time like this. So I'm, I'm just going to be prayerful and trusting that every one of us always goes back to making sure that we are humble ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we've seen what has happened when people are not being humble. And it doesn't usually end well. It doesn't go well for those individuals because if you're not being humble, that means you're elevating yourself over your message. You're elevating yourself over what is most important, and that is looking to the Lord. We don't want to do that. We don't want to emphasize anything other than humbling ourselves before the Lord and speaking according to how the Word would have us to speak. There is a such thing as making sure that we have unity of the faith, just like it says in Ephesians 4.13. Unity of the faith means we're speaking in unity because we are the same people created by God, but we need to make sure that we are doing so and looking at the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, looking to Jesus as we speak, looking to Jesus as we do it, and speaking in such a way where we are doing so with maturity, and we're showing Christ in our message. You know, you can speak to people and not even mention the name Jesus Christ and still come across and be Christ-like in doing so. And that's exactly what's important here. And I noted a comment, you're doing so and speaking in love. That's exactly right. It's in love. It's something that we need to be doing and showing love. In a world where everybody wants to show everything but love, we need to show love. We need to show that love to other people. So that's how we do it. We humble ourselves. We don't have confidence in our flesh. We don't boast about our flesh. We merely do what's right before the Lord Jesus Christ. Doing what's right. Doing what's necessary. Now, I don't know how people feel about that message um, about being humble before you speak to somebody else. Because, yeah, you know, you've been mistreated and you've been this and you've been that. Um, that doesn't change the message. You're still being humble before others. It doesn't change the message one bit. You may have a righteous indignation. You may even have a righteous anger. But what does God say about even being angry? Be angry and sin not. Be angry and, yes, there may be a righteous anger that you have, but he says be angry and sin not. Well, you can't just eliminate that verse You just can't eliminate this section here 
This is why it's very, very important to going back to what I said regarding verse 1 in this passage. Getting back to the basics. Speaking to the believers, having them seek out and search out exactly what it is that they have in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And making sure that we are giving cause and, and, and checking our thoughts our actions, our attitudes. I don't care what someone else is doing to you. I don't care what someone else has done to you. I don't care how bad it's been. I don't really care what those things are. It still comes down to behaving in a Christ-like manner. That's going to get more attention than anything. Forgiving others, even though they probably have done some things that don't deserve being forgiven. Um, that's what it means to be a humble servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and some people may have a hard time with that, and I would just challenge you, if you have a hard time with that, okay, you can have a hard time with that. Now, take that and take that back to the Lord and find out, Lord, why am I having a hard time with that? And the Lord may be revealing some things to you as to what you need to do to look to him more and look to your flesh less. That's exactly what that may come down to looking to the Lord more and looking to your flesh less. We all know that we have room for improvement. Ephesians 4.13 implies that we all have room for improvement. We all still have to strive for unity. We all still have to strive for maturity. We are ultimately, our ultimate maturity in Christ is when we leave this place. So we're still striving and we're still learning those very things. Please, please keep that in mind going forward. That's just something that's really hitting me right now. It's very important for us to be humble. Be humble before the Lord. I don't really, it doesn't matter what someone has done to you. It matters now how you respond and what Christ would have you to do to respond to those very things. And you respond in love and you do so with even encouraging the other person to take that same route. You need to spread the love of Christ. Paul mentions this about going back again to uh, verses 8 and 9 in Philippians chapter 3. Um, I'm, uh, the second part of verse 8, Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. So what do we have? After all is said and done, if it wasn't for... Jesus Christ making us righteous, Jesus Christ speaking about righteousness to us and giving us the opportunity to have faith in him, that's what's most important. And Paul mentions this, if you drop down to verse 10 in that same chapter, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So Paul has a goal. What's the goal? He's still learning about Christ himself. He's acknowledging what he needs to learn. He needs to learn to know him more, know more about the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We're learning more about being Christ-like by looking at what Christ went through in life all the way even unto death on the cross. And that's exactly what we're trying to learn about. We're learning about how he sacrificed. You know, most people don't like talking about sacrificing. 
And yet, here Christ lived his life as a life of sacrifice for all of us. So, when we talk about, man, I don't want to do that. That takes too much time. Man, I don't think I can do that. Well, sometimes there are things that you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. Amen? There are things you're going to have to do. There are things that are going to be unpleasant that you have to do, and it's going to be a sacrifice. There are things you're going to have to do, and sometimes it's not really even that much of a sacrifice. Sometimes you're just sitting around, and you're not doing anything. And there are going to be some things that you're going to have to do. Guess what? If you don't take the trash out every week and just leave it in your house all the time, what do you think is going to happen inside your house? Well, the way you resolve that is taking your trash out every day. (laughs) That's an example that's very simple. But if you don't do it, how is it going to happen? How is it going to work? There are things you have to do, and it's not a pleasant experience. Taking the trash out can be very unpleasant. But yet at the same time, you have to do it. There are things you have to do. And when we look at our life Uh, before Christ, we learn about Christ as we do things in understanding of how Christ lived. And so we're understanding greater about who he is and his goodness and his grace because of his sacrifices. Again, it says, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And we're doing those things because we need to have a knowledge of what it is to sacrifice. And, and so we need to recognize that these things are all very, very important. And look at verse 11. Assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Um, and so we need to understand that we're doing all this. We're having faith that Jesus Christ is going to take care of us when we leave here. And this is a faith statement in verse 11. It's not a statement of doubt. It's a statement of faith. He's making that assumption because of what Christ did when he died and was raised again that we too will realize that same very thing. I had to look up a commentary to make sure that I was understanding that correctly. He has the same expectation of what happens to him when he dies. We, in tune, will have that same expectation as well. And we are going to share his glory one day. Let's take a look at one more passage real quick and before we have to start closing this down. Romans chapter 6, I wanted to get to this before I got too far ahead of it because it was referring back to verse 10. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Romans 6, 3 through 5. And this is referring to this last section here about Christ was exalted after his resurrection. And so Paul knowing that he was going to die soon, had the same expectation. Um, He had faith that he would be raised to life again. And that's the way it's written here. And he's making a good assumption, a valid assumption, that somehow he's going to reach that resurrection from among the dead. So look at what it says here in Romans chapter 6, starting with verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Hadn't looked at it like that, but that's what it means. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we had been, have been united with him in death, like in a death like his, we shall, shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So the whole effort of Christ dying on the cross for us was where he took with him 
all the sin that would condemn us to eternal hell, to death and eternal hell. Um, and he took all of that upon himself, and because he was resurrected, he now is doing the very same thing that we would be doing when we die. In other words, when we die, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And without his death on the cross for us, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have assurance of that. There's no way in the world we could make a claim of something like that. So what we are understanding here is that, and this is what Paul is trying to teach us here in the passage in Philippians, is that there will be a day we're going to share Christ's glory because we'll be with him. We will be with him for all eternity. And so we, in fact, through this whole passage of understanding about how important it is for us to look at salvation as the key, and not in your works, and look at what Jesus Christ has done for us, that is what we need to understand here. We are not to have confidence in the flesh, but our confidence is in faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to understand that we have this newness of life because we have died to sin and we're living for Christ. He is the one who was raised from the dead. He is the one who was crucified. And that crucifixion marked the death of our old sinful nature. It marked the death of our sinful nature. Amazing how we look at that. When he died on the cross, remember when he said it is finished? It is finished was said because he was accomplishing that very thing for all of us, that we would be able to have fellowship with him in heaven. The sins of our past, present, and future were taken care of. That's a huge amen. It's a huge reminder of looking at what's important. We get so busy sometimes, and uh, my, my wife and I, my lovely bride and I, had a conversation about this yesterday. We get so busy at times, and we had been getting really, really busy, and we're kind of on a treadmill of life before the uh, we finally had decided we had to work from home from the pandemic. And it gives you a different perspective on how you were living your life. Were you just going through the motions, or were you doing this whole thing about serving the Lord Jesus Christ and maturing in Christ? And it's not a criticism of anybody because sometimes we just get caught up in life. Things happen where we get caught up in situations and circumstances where you feel get, you're like you're getting run down. You feel like you're getting to a place where you're spinning your wheels. We've all had feelings like that. We've all been through that. But that's where we get to have to get back to basics. We are not having confidence in our flesh, in our own abilities, in our own ways of thinking. It's more about thinking about the thoughts and attitudes and actions that Christ would have us to think and living and serving in that way. And that doesn't change in the midst of a pandemic. That doesn't change in the midst of what we call rioting and fighting and people who can't seem to get along with each other. It doesn't change. It's really important for you to come at this from the perspective of how Christ would have you to come at it and not come at it as the way the world will come at it. And I promise you there are a lot of very, very good people out there who profess Christ and know Christ, but they're not coming at it with a humble spirit. You need to be very, very conscious of that. Be aware of that. Um, no need to mention names. No need to get into that. But they know who they are, and God knows who they are, and he calls you to do much better. He calls you to do much better. Remember last week we actually talked about outdoing others, outdoing others for the sake of the gospel? 
Well, outdoing means outdoing them from the standpoint of avoiding coming across in a fleshly manner and coming across in a godly manner. That's outdoing them, and that's outdoing them in a very, very good way. So always remember this as we look at these discussions. And, and listen, these discussions that we're having about doing things, you know, when, when Martin Luther King talked about nonviolent protests, what do you think that meant? That meant having a humble spirit, a humble spirit before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what it meant. So the times have changed, and, and that was 50 years ago when we were talking about something like this. And here we are 50 years later, and that's exactly what we should be talking about again today. Nonviolence. Doing things in such a way where we were bring unify, unit, unity with other people, unifying with people who may agree with you, who may not agree with you. You know, we have people in the body of Christ who disagree all the time about stuff. And it may be thing, about things that are, frankly, unnecessary, but it doesn't change anything. The fact is they disagree. If they disagree, we need to understand that unity is not necessarily an agreement. Unity does not necessarily mean you agree with a person and how they feel. You need to understand that unity sometimes means, okay, if, if it is all possible to be at peace, you do so. And you may do so in disagreement. Agree to disagree. You've heard that term before. Agree to disagree. Um, you're going to hear people say that sometimes a lot. Um, and you have to look at the context of that. Uh, people are free to believe whatever they want to believe. You can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. But you still can love them, you still can be humble, and you still can approach them in such a way where you're still a brother, you're still a sister, you're still all these things, uh, especially if you know the Lord, you're brothers and sisters in Christ. So you see how the flesh will get people off track. The flesh will get people off track who are people who profess to be believers in Christ. So there is always room for improvement. You're always going to hear that. You're always going to hear that in God's word because he's telling you this. He's telling you this by teaching you. And so we are being taught on a regular basis. So let's close out in prayer, and we just thank you again for um, being with us this morning. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to hear you speak to us and say some very important things that help us to take pause for our attitudes, our actions, our mindset. Lord, we know that you have put us in a place to be your vessel, to be the person who you would have to go out and speak your word and truth to other people. But Lord, even as we're doing so, please teach us. Teach us and humble us. Teach us the importance of doing so with a humble heart, approaching everything with a humble heart, because you taught this. You teach us this very important thing. We know that if we are humbling ourselves, we are allowing the Spirit to work through us. We are allowing the Spirit to speak through us. We are allowing the Spirit to communicate with others about your goodness, your grace, your very gospel. We thank you for those opportunities that you give to us to speak to others. Teach us, Lord, as Paul was instructing the Philippians, to be, remain humble, stay strong, give praise whenever possible to your goodness for what you've done for us. For we know that that's much more important these days 
and for all time. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so thank you again for being here. We're going to recap very quickly, and we're going to sign off and head down to Akron uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, just as a quick reminder as well, too, um, please uh, make sure that you have your offerings available. Um, if you're going to Akron Alliance, and drop them in the drop box next to the entrance of the church. If you want to mail the offering, it's Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio. And that uh, zip code is 44320. Um, we will be meeting in the back today. Uh, the grass is a little bit too wet to be out front, so make sure that you take that into account. You can still bring your lawn chairs. If you're concerned about the sun beating down on you, bring an umbrella as well, too, to protect yourself. Uh, I'll be wearing a ball cap uh, just to make sure. I've already tanned enough this year. Uh, there is uh, can't tan much more than this, so I'm just going to keep that in mind, too. And, and and above all, just let's just stay safe, everyone. Let's just focus on what the Lord would have us to do. He has done a magnificent thing for us to keep us where we are, keep us healthy. Uh, and we just want to continue with that, giving praise for those very things. So we're going to sign off here. Thanks for being here this morning. We'll be back next week. Um, and we just ask that you continue to pray for our church and pray for the members. And uh, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, we'll see you in a little, bit while, a little while uh, for the drive in worship service at 11. For those of you who are online, we'll try to get back together with you right after 11 o'clock, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here.